Welcome along to the latest edition of Forever Blue, the uh, the Manchester City podcast, which I host, Ian Cheeseman. Thanks very much for your support of the podcast, for downloading it, for liking it, for subscribing to it. It's all very much appreciated. Um, the other thing I want to say is a big thank you to charleslouis.co.uk, who are Chartered Mortgage Advisors, and they are the sponsors of the Forever Blue podcast for this season, and hopefully beyond. Uh, and their support is, is very much appreciated. They, of course, supply mortgages to people who are interested in buying a property, whether it be commercial, whether it be private, whether it be for you, it might be a member of your family or friends. Um, their website is very easy to find. It's, it's charleslouis.co.uk. So if you go on there and there's lots of information and advice that they give, but there's also a phone number. So if you want to give them a call so that you've heard about them on the Forever Blue podcast, uh, then you'll get a lot of love from them because uh, I know that uh, there are uh, City fans and particularly the gaffer who is a big City fan so uh, give them a call and uh, and give them the love that they give to us on the podcast now uh, we have three guests tonight as usual two of the regulars uh, Tony from Hot Click Marketing who also supports us with things like prizes for retweeting and sharing so please retweet and share the link to the podcast we've also got Emily who's uh, who's here as much as she can be and I know there's a lot of fans out there of you Emily so thanks very much for, for being here uh, but talking about people who've got a lot of fans um, we've got uh, a real no not you Will, Will's in the background uh, filming, we've got David White here, former City player of course who uh, came through the youth ranks uh, winning the youth cup in the team with Andy Hinchcliffe and Steve Redmond and Paul Mould and Paul Lake, all that sort of era um, and then went on to have a magnificent career for City, nearly 100 goals, played for England. He played as well for like Leeds and that, but we don't mention that. <laughs> but we talk about his great era at City. So thanks very much, David, for being with us tonight with the studios of Tameside Radio. Very much appreciative to them for hosting uh, the, the podcast. So I suppose I should really start by saying to you, David, uh, City have just lost two games in a row. Uh, not scored a goal, but then there's a lot of optimism and positivity out there from a lot of City fans saying still in three cup competitions, um, don't be doomy and gloomy tonight. And there's also a lot of people out there who are feeling very upset and very negative. And it's I, I did describe it when I tweeted out the link to the upcoming podcast. That it's a bit like Brexit. It's like everybody's split down the middle. There's one side that thinks one way, one side that thinks the other. So which side are you on? I don't, I'm not, not interested in your Brexit views, just on the city uh, the city debate. Um, I, th- I think we've still got to be optimistic. I, I think it was always going to be incredibly difficult to, to win the league uh, on a, a th- third time in a, in a row. Um Liverpool have been incredible. I know City fans won't really want me want to hear me saying that, but we, we have to admit they've, they've been spectacular. I think, but generally by now you you would expect them to have you know the Championship winning team would probably have lost three games by now. Would probably have drawn four or five, and and the gap would be you know within reach. Uh, so it's been we we haven't been good. We 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 know that. We, but it, it's I think it's more down to how brilliant they have been. And we we were fantastic for two seasons in, in a row to to achieve what we achieved under under intense pressure from Liverpool last season was was fantastic and 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 to to expect to do it again was too much but yes a couple of league games now and then three big games in a row that you know FA Cup League Cup and and Champions, Champions League and, and they're going to define the season and uh, I say we uh, last couple of years I've been sort of had a couple of trips with um Joe and Tommy with, with the trophies so uh, 
we need to win them again so I can go to Ireland again with them <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy it absolutely uh, now obviously when 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 City squeaked home that's how I, well I said they go home by the skin of the teeth against United lost lost 1-0 but went through an aggregate and I called the vlog that I do uh, City get through by the skin of the teeth and I got one or two people saying skin of the teeth what are you on about they were brilliant in that game just a bit unlucky but then I got a lot of other people saying they were rubbish in that game and were very negative. Um, same thing with, with Spurs. Obviously, the statistics say there were a lot of chances created, albeit that a lot of them were off target when you actually look at the analysis of it. I'm not a big statistics fan, but it does say that City had overwhelming possession, which clearly they did. For the first hour, maybe 70 minutes, it was all City. They were the only team that looked like scoring. Um, so you couldn't really say, in that sense, they were playing that badly. But uh, they had a player sent off, obviously, in Zinchenko. There were a lot of controversial moments in it, which I'm sure we'll talk about as well. But then they lost by two goals to nil. And then when you say... So I interview a couple of people after that, and one bloke says, uh, ah, you've got to take the rough with the rough and the rough with the... And all, and all these cliches that he came out with, which were very good... And uh, and he he was all for City playing very well, so you feel like not allowed to criticise here. But then you see Raheem Sterling do a tweet where he says we played badly and uh, and and you know and you know we've got to get it right. So even he says that we don't know what went on in the dressing room, but Pep's apparently kept them in the dressing room for forty five minutes after the final whistle, which is unusual. So it makes you wonder whether. We don't know. He actually didn't say, even though he said it was all great, actually didn't think much of that performance either. So I want to know from all three of you, you know, where you stand on whether this is a time to be defensive, uh, optimistic and say, yes, City played very well in these games, the two games since we lasted a podcast, or whether there has been a drop in standards, whether it is a worry. And yeah, we all know that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that City were not in this wonderful era that they're in, but still surely we're allowed to analyse and talk about a dip in form or, a, or bad results or whatever. So I think it's it's fair game, especially if Raheem Sterling saying it was bad, to talk about it. So where do you two stand on the last two performances, the, the, the getting through by getting through United by the skin of the teeth or otherwise and, and the Spurs game? Um, I've got mixed emotions, to be honest. Um, I think that yesterday wasn't the best performance I've seen us play, um, but it by far wasn't the worst either. So a bit mixed. I think that I understand where the criticism is coming from in terms of um, the chances were wasted, but this has been our problem of the season at the moment. So if we look at the first game of the season, which again was against Spurs, um, obviously I know we had the handball VAR issue, but that aside, again, we had 20 plus shots and only, you know, didn't put them all away again. Obviously we're never going to put 20 away, but you know what I mean? So um, it's missing chances. That's costing us games. And it's similar against United. It's missing chances. That's costing us games. So I think there is reasons to be positive because if we were playing bad and poorly, then we wouldn't be creating these chances. But I think by our standards, and this is what possibly Raheem was alluding to in his tweet, by their standards of playing poorly. But I think if we look at the bigger picture, then we're not playing too bad. Yes, you know, we're second, we're in pre-cups. Um, but again, you know, when we ran away with it, um, with 100 odd points, you know, at that point, people just sat back and went, 
they're running away with it because they are the best team this this year. And I think it's very similar with Liverpool this year. Is that for one reason or another, you know, they're getting the rub of the green in certain uh, situations and they're um, scoring those goals that will get a deflection and things like that. And that's just you know you need that look to when you want to need to win the league. After the the defeat at Spurs, Pep Guardiola um, not directly but uh, referred <coughs> back to Scudamore's uh, mm-hmm. comments about you know team running away with it and and. A lot of people have questioned why he went public and said that. Um, have you any reaction to, to him saying that? Was he entitled to say that? Was yeah. he wrong to say that? No, I don't think he was wrong to say that. I think um, it would be a point, possibly not in terms of Scudmore's comments, but in terms of the wider press coverage, when we were running away with it, the press coverage in general was, is this the most boring league now? Have we turned it into you know, um, Serie A, where it's just between two teams and things like that? And that was the rhetoric coming out of the press. And I think that's more what Pep was alluding to, was when we were dominating, there was all these sound bites and all the uh, press wanted to jump on board and say, it's boring, City are walking away with it, they're just scoring and winning every game, where's the fun, where's the fairness? And I think he was more having a pop about that because we're not seeing the same stories now when it comes to Liverpool winning it. Um, similarly, when we did go on to win it like that, the press again was, well, until they do it two seasons in a row, they're not a great team. Whereas now, even before, the, I know it's mathematically impossible, we're not going to catch them in that sense. Well, it's not impossible, but realistically, um, they're still being crowned the champions and the best team ever before the league's even done. Yet for City, there's a different bar. And I think that's more what grinds his gears in that sense with uh, Pep, is more the different standards that the press have for us and the wider media um, than they do for other teams out there. Where are you on all this, Emily? Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what Tony said um, with regards to the, the press and the media. I think it's ridiculous that Pep isn't being a little bit more protected by the club. Um, and... The, the, some of the questions that I see from the journalists I've got a degree in sport journalism and th- those guys are stealing a living I can't get a foot in the door and I'm looking at them and thinking yeah, I could do your job and then some because it's just ludicrous and they're just getting away with it over and over again I do think there sh- should be a degree of like what Simon Heggie or Vicky Kloss at the club kind of stepping in a little bit more and also with the pet quotes with with towards the fans as well he needs to have a little bit of a conversation with regards to that because it's a bit disrespectful and some of the fans have got really pissed off with it um but with the media again it, it baffles me because i've said it on the podcast before city still haven't got the credit they deserve for the past couple of seasons and tony's completely right when it comes to the this season it's all oh, liverpool are playing the best football the premier league's ever seen but we were playing the best football the Premier League has ever seen and we were called, we were making it boring. But then Klopp this season doesn't even show the respect towards Shrewsbury Town for the FA Cup replay. He's shown so much disrespect to them with regards to that. He's going to what? He's not even going to turn up for it and he's going to field his, his youngsters. That is a dream ticket for Shrewsbury going to Anfield. If that was Pep, he'd be showing him the utmost respect. He did it with whoever we've played in the past when we won the FA Cup we played lower league sides and we've showed everybody the utmost of respect and still got <laughs> next to non-credit for it. It's just, it just baffles me, but I mean... Look at the outrage again when we had the Chelsea FA Cup and I think it was Pellegrini and he fielded uh, a weak side because we're playing two days later in the Champions League. And the outrage we had then, and again, even though you know we're saying talking about Pep here, I think it is just Manchester City in general in terms of the view that... 
how we're seen and perceived in the stories that get written about us, whereas Pep's, um, Pellegrini was slated for that, <clears throat> whereas Klopp's been lauded as great man management, he's managing the teams, it's the FA's Cups for having a replay at that time of year, and it's being blamed on the organisations and the structures rather than Klopp should respect the competition, show the Shrewsbury's fans some respect there, coming for a day out, etc. And it does, you know, we can point to a lot of things and it's not what about it the facts are there you can find these articles they're all there and I think that just carries on your point there Emily. yeah I mean it's just for me it's, it's a level of disrespect from Klopp that is ridiculous but you know we seem to get away with it but with regards to the football it's baffling for me really because I do I do think we're playing our style of football we've not been playing really badly but it's the fundamental basics that we cannot seem to get right all the chances missing all the chances when we get a penalty i don't get excited when we get a corner i don't get excited when we get a free kick yeah it depends who's taking it if kevin's on the ball or mares we've got a decent chance but it's the the, the basics of football that we seem to have gone a bit awry with and then you look at the defense if the if the opposition get a corner then i'm nervous because i know that we can't defend set pieces it's just you're not the first person to say that and there's a whole lot of topics here that we can go into let me backtrack slightly you you were talking about journalism to begin with and whether the club should do something different and it is a subject that a lot of city fans are passionate about i was with uh, i was i was invited to the mid sussex blues on friday night and this was part of the debate that came up and we we talked about it at length and maybe david is a I i know it's slightly different in your era david because uh, that I don't know that because of social media etc everything's amplified so much more now but a lot of people were saying then you know why why do uh, you know Liverpool get all this praise and City don't I explained it as a former well I am still a journalist but at one time employed by the BBC as a full-time journalist and explained that sometimes even the journalists in the room uh, they're asking questions that their their editor or their boss is saying that they must ask and it's all designed because City are, you know, and I'm being honest here, not as big as Liverpool, not as big as United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, the London clubs. And they want clicks, they want views, they want reaction, they want numbers. Um, and I said this to the group the other night, Stuart Brennan, who's a, who's a mate of mine who writes for the, the Evening News, has admitted to me privately that if he writes an article about City... He doesn't do this, by the way. I'm just giving. I'm just saying he knows this. He well knows this. That if he mentions Manchester United in the article, suddenly his numbers jump up fourfold. It's clickbait journalism. Yeah, but it's the world we live in. Yeah. So when those journalists are sitting there asking questions, and I'm at a lot of these press conferences, and I hear the questions, and then afterwards people said to me, "Who asked that question? Who did this? They're horrible." Da da da. Why was that not stopped? Well, there are two elements to it. First of all, they have editors and and. Um, companies that they work for who want them to ask those questions because they're driven by numbers and advertising. And secondly, the question is, should City stop that type of thing? Um, and, uh, you know, and obviously the philosophy coming from the club, right from the top and down, is that, no, we don't want to go into this confrontational stuff. It's all about respect. So while we might not always like some of the questions that are asked, we will respect and we will not go down to that level as United did well, when Fergie was both ways. yeah but will it as long as it's num- numbers no. driven no. I mean David from your point of view when you were a player were, you know 
I don't know how many times you talked. Well, you must have. T- yeah, you did talk to the press, perhaps not formally in a press conference thing, but you would have. You'd have had media coming down. How did you deal? How did how were you ad, um, advised to deal with negative questions and negativity? And what do you think? Do you think that City should should do something? And do you understand the agenda that sometimes comes from some of the media? Yeah, I mean, understanding the agenda, yeah, and it, and it's it's wrong. I don't think it's what journal, journalism should be about. I mean, this, um, I mean, that's how it right. When when I was playing, it, it was literally you and Peter Gardner and Brian Clark. That's I know, it, that's what it was, and and you know, you'd come on the coach with us. I mean, I don't know if you you did, but certainly. Um, when I was first in the team, first in the team, Peter Gardner was travelling on the team bus with us, you know, to and from every game, staying in the team hotel with us. Um, I think Clark, I think Brian did as well. Brian Clark did. Um, so um, probably more so with Brian than than with Peter. You you know, and and, and yourself. It, it was you're just one of the uh, one of the club really. That's how it felt, and and. Um, and I, I don't think you'd have been able to stitch any of us up because you, you know, you, the privilege. We, we, you'd come and interview us out right outside the changing rooms, don't you, or, or on the training field, and um, so that kind of those pri- privileges would have been gone very, very quickly if you if you betrayed that. So the whole thing is is very, very different. Obviously, social media. I, I, I don't think I could cope with all, all this now, and and um, and and I, I suppose. Pep, he kind of sort of doesn't play the game. He sometimes, you know, he, he sometimes makes it um, look like he's being rude. <laughs> in all honesty, but you know, if um, if there is there is this agenda, uh, and the questions are getting asked for for all the wrong reasons, really, not to get to the truth or not to get to the the the, the hub of the matter, uh, then you never you're never actually going to get to the the hub of the matter. It, it's uh, the, the the agenda's the agenda's just wrong, and it and it puts unnecessary pressure on players and, and uh, which which it doesn't you know doesn't help and you know going back to you know where we are in terms of a season we, we we just have to admit that Liverpool have been brilliant this season we, we were we were brilliant last season and brilliant the season before and we'll be brilliant again uh, and you know it is a, it's a, it is an extraordinary season in terms of uh, their output but yes we we've got um these these three cup competitions, all of which, we you know two of them surely we're favourites for, and we 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 have a good chance of being successful in your in Europe, and I, and I think that would you know to finish second in the league, and win two of them, uh, ideally the 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 big prize being one of them would be absolutely incredible season on the back of the success we've 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 had recently, and certainly you know going back to two thousand twelve. There's nobody better place as a player who played in a different era to talk about that difference in the way it was to the way it is now because a lot of fans when they are critical of the critics and they might even be critical of us if we say something that's negative um, we'll, we'll always hark back to aren't we lucky to be where we are aren't you know have people forgotten where we've come from you certainly don't you were a City fan mm-hmm. then you were a City player um, when we're in your era we, City weren't winning every trophy they weren't the you know the most spoken about club in the world, which City have been for a little while. They didn't have the the assets in terms of cash, etc., to spend. So, do you, when you hear the criticism of City, do you have any sympathy with that criticism, or do you are you also thinking, come on, remember where we've come from? Where, where do you stand on that? I think it, 
the, the success that we've had, you, you just you're judging yourself on a different level, and that's got to be a good thing. So I, I think we just every now and again we just have to check ourselves and say, right, I'm you know I'm not being critical against the you know the team from the eighties or the nineties. You know we we. We, we're criticising against the fact that last year we were brilliant and we we you know the football we played last season was every bit as good as the football Liverpool are playing this season. I, I would say prettier on the eye, you know, if I'm being honest. I think uh, uh, Liverpool's a bit more power play and dy- dynamic, but I think we probably we we've had better players on the on the eye. We're just judging ourselves again against totally different standards. Um, so we just have to check ourselves on that, but that's you know it is fantastic, and as, as we say, second in the league and still very very much in in three three cup competitions. Do you feel that this this team that is playing at the moment, this squad, um, which I would suggest the differences are no Vincent Company, obviously Laporte and Sane have been injured, Fernandinho playing in a different position, um, but essentially apart from that, the same squad. That there was last year, that obviously two new signings in Rodri and Cancelo. Do you feel this this squad then is just as good as it was last year, or as some have suggested that that, that City have gone backwards a little bit? I think we, uh, <coughs> I think we have. You know, in all honesty, I, I've, you, you know, I'm a great, um, massive fan of Fernandino, and and I think Fernandino has been a miles bigger loss than Laporte has been. Um, I, I think. Um, you mean in terms of him being in a different position? Yeah, not Fernandinho not playing in that that holding uh, midfield role is a miles bigger loss because what we've done we we've lost our best centre half and then we've took the screen away. So as much as you know, he, he can play there. I think it's never. I, I just I just feel as though I feel like we've 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 wasted a great season of Fernandinho because he's thirty four. He's signed another contract now. But how long have, you know? How long have we got left with him? And you know, will he always be a centre half now? You know, it's. Uh, I just didn't think think this season was the right way to do it. We've got, you know, um, and uh, so we've got to be critical. I think um, David Silva, it, it has felt a bit. I don't want to say testimonial, but it, it's, you know, may, it, he's announcing his leaving, making him captain. It, it's it's felt a little by a bit like this could be his last game every single, and and I don't think that's been right. And, and I think Sterling has been absolutely incredible, and then his his standard has dropped and, and his output has dropped. Um, but you know, he's still playing. He's still playing well. But he got himself to a an absolutely incredible standard. Uh, fullbacks. Um, this business of, you know, a, a fullback can play right back and left back. I, I, I mean, it's happened once in the history of football. He's done, you know, unless I'm mistaken, Dennis Irwin and Bremer are the only two players that have ever done. Bremer, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, is there anybody else? So you, yeah, I just I cannot see that you can buy a fullback and say he can play. He can play either side of the field. You, you, you know, if you want versatility like that, you need to buy a. You know, a wide player who can play fullback, not 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 a full, not a fullback who can play on the other side. So, if, if you're being a little bit critical here, which you're entitled to be more than any of us, really, because you've played the game, um, are you? Does that mean you're being critical of Pep? Because a lot of people would say he's beyond criticism because of. And he is beyond criticism. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, these are the thing, these are the conversations I have when I, I, you know, I'm watching the game with my pals, and we're all in our fifties, and we've, you know, we've, we've obviously had the. Uh, the honour of 
of living through it and, and playing. And but these are people who used to watch me, people who are watching the team, sort of in the same. These are the conversations I, I'm having. So yeah, there's you know the. Of course, of course, you're being a little bit critical, but oh, I suppose all you're doing is you're you're questioning it. These are the questions that that I, you know, I've been asking. Obviously, we've asked the question, why, you know, why did Guerrero come off? It, it just seemed bizarre that. Um, so, but the, the guys, the guy's been a genius, the, the man, and he and and I think that's the the point is, I feel like there's some work to do, um, but there's always some work to do in in amongst the you know Ferguson's reign up. There was always seasons where it's, you can have to have those transitional seasons some, sometimes. It just seems uh, we, we shouldn't lose a centre-half and it, and it disrupt the whole of the team so much. And I, and I, really, I really feel as though it, it's done that. What about you two? A um, couple of things, really. I think for me, um, when it comes to uh, comparing the eras, I don't think we even need to compare the eras. I know it's a big thing online, you know, I was like York away, this kind of thing, and um, you don't know how good you are now. And there's then the fans out there that are saying, well, this, is, you know, this isn't good enough, the critique of this, that, and it. But if I would have said to most fans back under Mancini or Pellegrini, come February, you'll be second, 53 points, in with a chance of three trophies, everyone would have snapped their hands off. It's only by Pep's own high standards that we're now judging and going, we're not winning every game, what's going on? And, you know, that's not football. We're not entitled to win every game. No. And I think for me, we've got to look at it for what it is, is that Pep set such high standards. And even the players, so Sterling, he had a phenomenal start, but he just couldn't maintain it. Personally, I think he was slightly burnt out in terms of we played him a bit too much. But at the same time, if we went back 10 years, we'd say, he's had a bad game. Let's, um, he might say, oh, not played well today, this, that and the other. But come Saturday next week, we're all shouting his name and getting behind him because we want him to do well. Whereas now, what we're tending to find and what I see is that when certain fans get on a player's back, Come that Saturday, if he's being subbed on or if he's starting, it's a, oh, and it's, you know, that groan straight away. And it's just like, well, hang on, they're still playing. They're still, give them another chance. And that's where we've kind of seen witch, hunt, witch hunts uh, around certain players for me, uh, where they're always just a scapegoat regardless. I mean, one of the issues that I think we've had this season isn't necessarily just putting our chances away. Um, obviously, injuries have ravaged us this season, and we've got to take that into account. Um, not just Laporte, but we've had left-backs, Mendes and everything else. So injuries have hampered us massively. Um, but like Emily was saying earlier, the simple things of that second ball and kind of picking the right passes, and that was my frustration when we were playing United, was we just kept missing that second ball and kept missing those crucial passes and giving the ball away. It was our sloppiness and us giving away a free kick lets them win it. So teams aren't beating us because they're better than us or a moment of genius. It's we're letting them do it and that's where my frustration comes in. And, you know, I'm I'm all the one to criticise the players and what they do, but there's a fine line for me between criticism and hate and a lot of the time what you see in terms of especially the social media bubble is the people that are going out there, get this idiot out of my club, this, that and the other, and it's just like... Come on, you criticise if they've had a bad game, but realistically, come the next game, just get behind them. Yeah, I think, like, not to sound really cheesy, but the journey that City have been on, I don't think there's any other football club like it to 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 go through the relegations, the ups and downs, and then the takeover, and then whoop, right to the top and win everything. You look at United and what happened with their fans going up to Woodward's house, and they look like complete and utter spoiled brats. And you know what? After the game yesterday. 
there was a lot of City fans who sounded like spoilt brats on social media and that is not what we're about. A lot of it is reactionary and the final whistle, everybody's so heightened and everybody's emotions are so high and everybody's got different opinions and that's, that's brilliant, I welcome that. But you, you've got to kind of take a little step back and think, like, we're second in the league. We're still in three cups. It is not the end of the world. Come on, we're better than that. And it is just... It is frustrating to see us not getting the basics right and the decision-making is baffling at times as well. And especially in, in their box, you get you get into their box and you see like the players look hesitant and they're freezing and where they'd normally be really instinctive, they're just stopping and looking around. Instead of having a pop, they're passing it. We look like we've, we've, we lack that like killer instinct and that real like oomph that, that we really did have. So what's changed? I don't know. I, I don't know. We, we look, we're passing backwards a lot more as well. Instead of being quite positive and passing forwards, we look quite shy when we're moving forward. Gundo and Rodri always struggle when they play together. They just they don't look comfortable when they play together. It doesn't look right. And I feel really sorry for Sterling at the moment because he's just so out of form. And I, it's not you can't fault his work ethic because he's he's going full throttle every game, but it's just not happening for him. But you're getting the fans going on his back. Get him off, Pep. You know when he subbed Sergio off, everybody was going mad saying it should have been Sterling. But then then you do. This is in the Tottenham game. You yeah, mean. and then but then you do kind of think well why has he took Serge off and left a f- Sterling on as a false nine when he's low on confidence and and then he brought Jesus on and it, it was all just a little bit clunky for me but I don't really see like major problems across the board because we're still playing our kind of football it's just frustrating because we're just a bit sloppy with it we're a bit pedestrian and that that like, like that real zip and oomph that we've got just seems to be missing well, here's the real litmus test, and let, 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 let all three of you answer this one. City play Real Madrid, and obviously oh. people are putting a lot of stall into that game now and saying, well, this is the big one, this is the one that can make the season unforgettable. You know, if they don't win the league against Liverpool, which obviously isn't going to happen, but City were to win the Champions League, wow, Champions of Europe, what a memorable season. I, for one, uh, imagine myself in Istanbul watching... Um, hopefully Fernandinho or David Silva lifting the the Champions League trophy and well that would take some topping that would be that would be pretty close to Sergio Aguero and everything but as you stand here having just watched City I say again crawl over the line against United lose to Tottenham not score any goals in those games and 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 Albeit that they had some bad luck, and we can't, we will, and we will talk about the the individual sort of controversial moments at Spurs. But lose those games. How do you feel now going into a two-legged tie against Real Madrid? And obviously, if they get through that, there's a, then there's a last eight, a last four. There's still a quick, quite a bit to go. Are you feeling optimistic and 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 in belief, or are you worried? Uh, optimistic. I, I think. Um... At the end of the day, we, we've for a, for a long, long time we're not going to win the league, are we? So, so therefore, the the players are going to get almost going into a league game. It doesn't really matter. It, it, I know, and the fans are, do you feel a little bit like that? Because I do watching a game, the excitement's gone. You know, it spurs away. I was watching the game. It was it wasn't like going to a, a a game when we're winning the league or we're just behind. You know, where we where we're fighting. And and I think so. We have to acknowledge that. Uh, and it doesn't as long as we finish second. It, doesn't really matter how far we finish behind them. We're going to finish behind them. Is that them. true? 
I'm going to sound really ridiculous. I'll probably get loads of stick for this, but I quite like the unpredictability at the moment, and that may, might make me sound like like really weird, like negative, and that I don't want us to win everything. Because believe me, for me, the Premier League is the one trophy that I always want us to win. But I've got to give, like like David said, full credit to Liverpool. This you cannot fault their consistency this season. You've got to hold your hands up. Everybody moans about like VAR and without VAR where would they be but they've been beyond consistent and they've got a great team so you, you're sort but of admitting then that, you, that I don't David's mind. saying I you don't you, really care I, I, like, it's not, I, like I don't it. think it's the, no it, it, the excitement isn't there and, and, and as long as that doesn't affect the the Sheffield Wednesday game, it doesn't affect the the, the Villa game, it doesn't, you, you know that that's going to be the issue, how, how do we re- regain that impetus because obviously we're going to those games now um, they're, they're massively important games. It's it's a shame you're going into the games on the on the backs of defeat, and you haven't. And there does seem to be um, confidence ebbing away a little a little bit. So I think they're they're the issues. I think what what we do need to say, and, we, and, and it's massively important to say this: we've got the best manager we've the club has ever ever had. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, obviously, Joe Mercer won in Europe. But we haven't we haven't done that. But we, the, this era is the the, the best era. The, the the club has ever had, and there are certainly in my time watching the club, and you can probably go back the whole of my life 50, 50, 50 odd years. There's only a handful of players, and I, and I include the the great team, the you know late six years. There's only a handful, handful of players who get anywhere near this team that that we've had, and 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 I'm, I genuinely mean that, you know. Uh, so we, we we've got a squad full of. Superstars and the the area has been absolutely fantastic, and it just isn't quite happening at this moment in time. But it'll it'll come, it will it absolutely will come back. Um, but I think that 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 it felt watching the game yesterday. It it just felt does it really you know in in ninety minutes what was was I that bothered that we'd got B? It what it, it you know what I mean it. Doesn't really matter how far we finish behind Liverpool, and, and if we if we finish forty points behind them, but we we win those three cups, no one's ever going to remember how far behind we were. It, it, it's that's that's what I say. Those, those three cup games are massively important. So, games. so are you optimistic? Yes, yeah, yeah, I am because I've, I I do have faith in the, in the manager, and I, and I, I I just genuinely believe something magical is going to going to happen to David Silver this 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 season. I I, can, I just feel that 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 is going to happen. So um, to follow on, well, I was going to ask you to just just briefly to, you know, are you optimistic about Real Madrid? Yeah, I'm optimistic. Um, main reason is um, I think whilst we have been unpredictable this year, we if we look at yesterday's game before the whole VAR and that side of it, we started really well. Um, it wasn't until the incidents that turned the game heads and you know got their crowd going and heads started to drop when things weren't going our way. But up until that point, I thought. We started like they wanted to put the United game to bed, and we have done this this season. Where at the back of a poor performance, we've gone on and won. Um, so you know, I think about the Villa game, and then that kind of kicked on. But then, obviously, um, going to the United the other week. So when it comes to Real Madrid, confident, hundred percent. Even uh, if it ends up, uh, you know, a one nil or anything like that, and we do end up losing. I think bringing them back to us, we can create kind of that, one that sticks in my mind is the Hamburg game in terms of the atmosphere at the Etihad um, and push behind it. I do agree with David in terms of the league, except the only thing that I would say is personally for me is 
although I've given up that Liverpool have won the league and that's out of my mind, at the same time, I want us to try and maintain our record as much as we can. Because I did think when we got those 100 points, it wasn't going to get beat for 10, 20 years. And it looks like it is going to be this year. So I don't want them to have a win it by a bigger gap than we won it kind of thing. So that's my... But you don't have that nervousness, that uh, the emotions that come with an important game like for example Leicester last year that that was just a league game it wasn't the last game of the season it wasn't anything it was just a league game but all the fans in the stadium the atmosphere and that anticipation of we've got to win because it's a race you know it's between the two of us and that's gone completely from the league so I completely understand that emotional part of that has gone but still come those 90 minutes we still want to try and push for those points and where we're going so I think when it comes to it, Pep will rest in the game beforehand and prioritise the Real Madrid. I know he says he doesn't do, but I think that's what's going to happen for me. He'll prioritise certain players for the Real Madrid game. And I can see it being, you know, with the David Silva and Aguero and hopefully De Bruyne who are wrapped in cotton wool uh, for that game. Well, here's an interesting one that follows on from that. Um, somebody asked me to ask on Twitter, so uh, this is for you. Um, what team would you play against Real Madrid? Now, the question was qualified in the sense that um, he was expecting Sane to not be available to start, that maybe he might be a, a bench option for that game. Uh, we can dismiss that view, of course, but th that, that's what he was saying, and that Laporte on this basis would be fully fit. Now, I'm going to give you, for the purposes of our discussion, um, uh, uh, you know, you, everybody's fit, right? So Sane's fit, etc. So... Let's go through, let's go. Th let's assume, right, you might want to play different formations, this might not work, but goalkeeper, back four, one shielding, three uh, and one. So that's the way, that makes 11, doesn't it? One, no. two, three, am, <laughs> I, am I sure? But, Could struggle with that. Uh, so so, so <laughs> four, one, four, one, we'll go for, right? Although you can no, slightly four, vary. Four, three, three, in, in, yeah, relax. okay, so that's, that's, all right. So, put me, put me right, Dave. Well, I, I think that's, <laughs> well, that's when we're at our best. So, so. All right, goalkeeper then. Well, obviously we're not always playing in goal. Everybody going to go for Edison. Edison. Right, right back. So you've got a, totally a couple Walker. of options here. <laughs> Cal <laughs> you, Walker. You think he's still getting it? <laughs> I don't we need Cal to Walker. talk about him actually. Cal what, what? Walker. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not Cancelo. No, no, for me. Everybody yeah. going for Cal. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that as yeah. well. So there's unanimous so far. Will nodding in the corner. Yeah. Yep. So right. Two centre-backs. Laporte. Um, Laporte. Laporte. Laporte and I would imagine we'd all agree on that, Laporte. Yeah. So one um, of the two... No, who's the other one? Well... Uh, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say Fernandinho. I absolutely disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going for? Uh, well, I'd have to either... I'm going to have to say Otamendi, I guess. I'm going to go with Otamendi. And I'm going yeah. to go for Otamendi. Yeah. So I'm surprised, actually. I thought I might be the odd one no. out with that. So uh, Otamendi and Laporte. cringe because he's a little bit, you know, like with that free kick against United at the end. But yeah, out of the choices that we've got, Otamendi. Right. What about Will in the corner there? No, you've got no time. You can't pause on it. Come on, you go. You're going for Fernandinho. All right. So right, left back. Zinchenko, for me. Mendy. Mendy. Zinchenko for me. Mendy. Mendy. So just about Mendy with the casting vote. Right, so if you went for Fernandinho as your centre-back, you've got, at me, Fernandinho goes as the protective midfielder. Pep's not going to do that. No, he's that's not. That's not going to happen, no. but that's what I would do. What, you think he will play Fernandinho? No, he won't play. Fernandinho playing central defence right, alongside so, right. Laporte. Well, I, I would disagree with that. So I, I, my midfield three would be Fernandinho, De Bruyne and Silva. Which Silva? David Silva. 
in, in, in the Champions League? I'd like Fernandinho, but he won't play him. I think he'll play Rodri. Um, Rod- you're the two? Rodri, De Bruyne, Bernardo. I'm going to agree with Emily on that one. I, just, I, I want David Silva to play. Um, my heart kind of says that he should be in there. But just on performances, and to, yeah, I've got to agree. It's De Bruyne, Bernardo and uh, Rodgers. So I'd go Fernandinho, Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva. So two out of three we disagree on there. Then that gives you a front three. So who's your front three oh, going to be? Easy. My front three. That's easy. Yeah, right, go on then, Emily. The, Emil- the easy one. <laughs> I, I want to stick with Sterling, um, Aguero and Mahrez. Okay. Jesus, Aguero, Mahrez. Um, Sterling, Aguero, Bernardo. Sergio Aguero, Leroy Sane, because I've told you he's fit, and Bernardo Silva. Very different. What, the, one of the, what this does illustrate is that, uh, a bit like when I said at the beginning that you know Brexit splits the country yeah. politically, that if City were winning week in, week out, and there was a consistent team, we'd probably all be going for the same eleven. But, but because of the uncertainty of the results and the performances, we're actually quite split in key areas in which team would be picked. Has that been the problem for us this season? Does, does that kind of tell you? Because Liverpool have been fielding such a consistent eleven this season. I know they haven't had the injury problems that we have. But is there too much rotation? Is there too much chopping and changing? Is that been He's been pretty consistent with um, Mares and Sterling. Mares on the right, Sterling on the left. Um, so in that sense, he's been pretty consistent. Kevin De Bruyne plays every week. Um, there have been one or two other changes around that, but he sees those. He seems to see those as the key players, doesn't he? The defence is not consistent though. I mean, I'd usually agree I do like to see consistent sides. However, again, judging on the last two seasons, he's never had a consistent mm-hmm. side in that sense. So I don't think that is the issue. Although I do see him doing kind of a lot of playing with his tactics this year, you know, against United, we had three at the back again. And it does seem to be playing around and tweaking that a lot more this year. But um, to be honest, I think we could all end up being wrong and it'll be another Pep tactical masterclass and it'll be no strikers up front or something along those lines that we're not expecting because he always just try and pull this rabbit out of the hat to surprise the opposition. So um, I think the reason I ignored Sane before was because I just can't see him being match fit in my head. Even if he was to play the next couple of games, I just can't see him getting that sharpness and that fitness back. Um, Mahrez is just in form at the moment. If Sane doesn't play, by the way, for me, then it would be Gabriel Jesus on the left. Right. Um, so I still wouldn't have gone for Mares and Sterling. So, so that that's a big talking point as well. I mean, you're you're a wide man. Mm-hmm. How do you analyse those two at the moment? Because, well, for a start off, it, a lot of people uh, uh, again on social media have said to me that Raheem Sterling was so much better when he was as a right footer mm-hmm. playing on the right hand side rather than a right footer playing on the left. Now, you know, in the past there have been players that have done that. Um, Adam Johnson, who I know people don't like mentioning because of what he's done, but let's just think of him as a footballer, was a left-footed player who played on the right and actually could use his right foot quite well. So I think he was one who worked in that particular role. What what do you think as a a winger? You always played on the right, didn't you? Or down uh, the middle? You didn't play um, on the left, did you? No, no. I mean, it was pretty solid 4-4-2 pretty much every... Every game, but I mean, ninety-five percent of the games I played, we were, we were playing four-four-two. Um, I, I think he 
and the reason I've not gone Mara's I'd go Bernardo I think it just works harder I, I think um, he's, that that game would be absolutely perfect for him I, I think Sterling uh, when he's at it works his socks off um, so you, you end up pretty much with a sort of five man midfield really um, I think Aguero is far better than he ever was at being able to be that low I think he's a genius by the way and I think he's got better and 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 the the day we lose that guy will be the that of all of all the of all the players that have you know we've we've had through this area the IRs and the Vinnies and and David Silver and and I, I think he will he'll rise and be be the, the you know the cream I think he, he he will be the one that that we end up saying he, he's our best ever player um, so but he, he's you know Pep has massively improved him as a an, an all-round, an all-round player. Um, so, so I, I think uh, what he likes to do is, you know, have we been getting fullbacks involved enough recently? We used to do a lot of that, and I think that's why he, he likes to have, you know, Bernardo cutting inside, uh, uh, Raheem cutting inside, and getting getting fullbacks in, which you don't wouldn't necessarily get with a. I mean, I don't, I don't like a left-footed left back and a left-footed wide player. I think you, the, you know, I, I, do you remember uh, obviously? Matt Ward, um, he's at he's at the game front of the fan on Sunday with me. Uh, he used to play as a sort of midfielder, wide on the left, but he's a right footy player. And, and and if you've got um, uh, an attacking fullback, as we have in Zinchenko and sort of Neil Potton's Terry Feelings at, at the time, you know you can really sort of utilise those players. So I think that's what uh, that the t- the team that kind of I selected in in amongst all that would would give you would give you sort of. Um, Really hard-working wide players, and really give you the options to get to get your fullbacks involved in the game more than we've more than we've done recently. Do you well d- to cut to the chase though on the Raheem Sterling debate? I mean, obviously you've got him in there presumably on the left-hand side. Yeah. But as an old-fashioned, in the nicest possible way, right-footed right winger, I'm surprised that you wouldn't be saying and championing Raheem Sterling to go back on the right, and if Mares or David Silva or Bernardo Silva or a left-footed player in that more attacking role was on the left that they might not have more variety to what they can do because we see it, Sterling it is, yeah. and Mares particularly always cutting in. It, it, it has become, has it not, a little predictable? It has become pre- predictable, but I don't think it ever was. I, I think we used to... Um, and again, I think it comes down to Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne was a, a right-sided midfield. That's where he was playing. Mm. So you, you, you used to see... Uh, Kyle Walker, Kevin De Bruyne, and and, and for a quite a long time it was Bernardo, and and, and there the triangles they were they were creating were were, were far, as a as a whole were far less predictable. You know we, there was far more variety to, um to to our game, and I think that's what we've we, and and on the on the left hand side it would be silver and 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 we were working in 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 sort of groups of three, and I think we've with not having. Uh, Fernandino in midfield, and 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 and, and it'd be wrong to say we don't have discipline because obviously Gundogan he was as good as anyone at keeping the ball. And but um, I don't know. We we just uh, I think we need to get back to that. We need to get back to whether it's a silver or whether in time it'll be uh, Folden's position, um, De Bruyne on the on the right with the, with the sitting midfielder and linking with the with these wide players. So I you know I, I yes I agree that I could never have played on the on the left. But to be fair, I wasn't a clever enough football. I, you know, I was, I was fast. I, you know, so I, I needed to be over on that right side. My game was all about knocking it past the fullback and 
you know, running after it as fast as they could and getting across it. I know, that, this, that is, it. I know this is slightly off topic, but Jaden Braff is, is uh, doing very well at the moment. Go and get down to watch the youth team, by the way. They play Aston Villa on Thursday night, as we record this on the Monday evening in the FA Youth Cup. Go and watch. And last Friday I was watching the EDS and Jaden Braff was playing. He reminded me a lot of you. He, he has a big, powerful frame. He's very, very quick. He's very, very strong. He's got a penchant for scoring goals. And, uh, and he, as a right-footed player, it feels to me like exactly what you just said. You would lose something if you moved him to the left. Mm. So you're saying that, that, that Raheem Sterling is cleverer. Well, at the end of the day, these, <laughs> Raheem Sterling's a miles better footballer than I ever was. Uh, you, um, so yes, he, he's, he's cleverer. Uh, I, think, I, I think he's a remarkable footballer. And, and I think he's... Uh, you know his out his output in terms of assists and goal, particularly goals, has been incredible. He got, got himself to levels you'd you'd have never never ever believed, and that and it and it will come back. And he's still yeah. only young, and I think um, he he was obviously used to be um, very sen- very sensitive. Uh, you know, very much a, a confidence player. Um, he, he's and I think he's also took on an awful lot of. Stuff outside the game that you know, which has been fantastic, really sort of positive stuff. Um, so I think it's inevitable that he's going to have a, a dipping form. But you know, if you if you're asking me, you know, you're going to play away at Real Madrid, does does Raheem Sterling in your head? Absolutely, abs- absolutely is because um, he he is a an incredible footballer. For that. And as I, as I said, these you know we we we're absolutely blessed. You know, we've probably got. You know, in the squad now, we've we've probably got twenty of the best fifty players the club have ever ever had, all all in that squad. Now, well, if we would have scored the penalty yesterday, the, the conversations that we would have been having tonight would have been very different. We would have pushed and we hit the woodwork twice as well. It's all about getting just back to basics. Let's just be clinical. Let's just score goals again because that's what's missing. Let me quickly ask you about the, the controversial moments in the Tottenham game because um, it also occurred to me as I was watching the game, obviously down there um, in the crowd, I, you can sense it that little bit more when you're there than when you watch it on TV. But the the, the Tottenham crowd, despite that big wall that they, that they make a big deal out of, and they do create a great noise, by the way, when they get in the mood, it was fairly quiet. City were dictating the game. Everything was going well. Then the incidents happen that uh, leads to Sergio Aguero's... Um, going down and then the penalty um, and then obviously the miss and the challenge on um, Raheem Sterling and was that a penalty uh, the earlier incident with Raheem Sterling going in with the tackle should that have been red and it felt like those key moments suddenly ignited the Tottenham crowd and particularly Zinchenko being sent off in the second half and, and from that point onwards Tottenham were a completely different side but there were people around me all the time when when VAR was was happening and, and when when the crowd were, were reacting in the ways that they did that felt like the tide turned a little bit Tottenham's way because of the controversy, because of showing replays on the screen that City was so much in control until those things happened. Now, I could ask you about the whether they were right or not and you can answer any part of that. But do you feel that sometimes when the controversial stuff like that happens with VAR, which we talked about so many times, does that 
have a negative effect if it, if the decision either goes the right or wrong way. Yeah, I think it does. Um, I think that was the case before VAR and after. You know, now we've got VAR. We used to see it in games in years gone by where refs weren't giving us anything, and you could tell in the players they would start kind of demonstrating with the ref and throwing their hands about, and like, "Come on, we're not getting anything here." And that then plays out in how they play. So completely, I do think it has an impact. And I wasn't at the game yesterday; I watched it at home. But even came across watching it from home that we could only hear City fans until the VAR point and then you could start to hear the Spurs fans but it took us going down to 10 men for their fans to think oh we can win this and that's when they kind of picked up for me and that's why it came across to me and I do think that the VAR and decisions um, or just refereeing in general does have a big impact and I think that's also when we look at kind of our performance this season what I've seemed to have noticed with the players is that they've this is going to come across I don't know I'll say it anyway. Um, they've lost confidence in each other a little bit. And I don't mean that they think each other is useless and this, that, and other, but there was that clip going around with De Bruyne, you know, and lo- losing it a little bit with Otamendi at the derby. And I think we've seen a lot of that this year of players blaming other players when they're not in the right positions and that side of it. Whereas in years gone by, we've seen it was a mistake, carry on, push forward. Whereas now we do seem to kind of have this head dropping a little bit. Um, but that being said, as I say, I, d- I expect them to be above that a little bit because, you know, well, the professionals and I expect Pep to use that to his advantage uh, especially at half time to say come on go shut them back up because they were silent for the until the first incident and that was because we were dominating that game and they were thought it's another Mourinho boring sit back and try and hit them on the counter so their fans were out of it until we let them in it in that sense uh, while I was in the stadium, I frankly didn't know what was going on for a lot of these decisions and didn't know what they were looking at because that's the way VAR works, you know, especially the, the penalty when the game seemed to carry on for about half an hour before eventually somebody went, uh, penalty, it went, what? What, 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 which incident was that? Oh, yeah, was that the time? You know, so it was completely befuddling and, and confusing. Do, I don't want to labour this and I'm not going to ask you to talk about it for a long time, but was it a, a penalty? Yeah. You think it was a penalty? Yeah. Clear cut? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it was a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty. So that's so th- and and this is what VAR illustrates. These are subjective, subjective. decisions. Yeah. And yet we we have we you know the referee makes a decision rightly or wrongly which we have been 2-2 split on wh- whether it was a penalty or not. But the it's referee also, who's at the game... It's mistake, is it not? It, yeah, that's it, what it's supposed it, to be. So I, I absolutely... I don't think it was a penalty, but it certainly wasn't... I think you'd agree with me that, you know, um, we're having just the fact that we're having a debate out, it means that it clearly yeah, wasn't yeah. clear and obvious. So the referee had so made a decision. It should have been accepted, that so it should decision. Be, so it should be accepted. Yeah, that's, okay. I, that, that, I've said that so many times. And the other, the other one I thought was a penalty. When Raheem went yeah, down, it was apparently it was a stupid goalkeeping decision. Yeah. He, he just got rash, and it, but it, it, the fact that he's going away from goal or he's not going to score is irrelevant. It's, that, that is a penalty. And I'll be more controversial and say it was a sending off as well. Um, <coughs> what from the Larice on, on? No, for Sterling on uh, was it Delhi? Oh, that yeah, that one, was, yeah. yeah, it was a sending off. Yeah, yeah I agree. If that yeah. happened the way round to De Bruyne, I'll be fuming yeah. uh, and out of my seat saying he's going to injure him for the seat this, that, and the other. So yeah, for me that was a sending off. I know a lot of City fans say it isn't, but yeah, that was a sending off as well. What did you think? Was that a sending off? 
I think it would have been harsh, to be honest with you. Stop yeah, there, because think... that, again, illustrates what we're talking yeah. about. There's another decision that some remote person in a VAR has the overriding decision over the actual match referee, even though we're proving it's subjective. In real time, it happened in a flash like that, and it doesn't look like anything. And when it slowed down, bum, 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 to freeze frame with the studs, that's when it looks bad. And it wasn't high enough for us ending off. Was it a yellow, then? Yeah. So then it would have been two yellows and it would have been off either way. So, but there was that possibly. Was Zinchenko a, a second yellow card? Yeah, because it was just stupid. No arguments on that one. No. Right, well, anyway, that's as much as I want to talk. Maybe next week when we do another podcast and there's only been the West Ham game, uh, we'll talk about these things more. What I will say, by the way, is that I really appreciate people who listen to the podcast and then either tweet me or tweet one of the contributors or, or contact me in some way and say, why don't you talk about this, that and the other. Next week is the perfect time to do that because unless there's some huge controversy against West Ham, I'm expecting a relatively straightforward week. So during this week, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a regular listener, then thank you. Send us questions if you like, and maybe the ones we've missed tonight. I'll, I'll promise you that we'll talk about them. We'll give you name checks and everything, and we'll we'll do we'll make it a bit more of you leading the way rather than me leading the way. The week after that, which is um, City's mid-season break when there's no game that weekend, three members of the City Matters Committee is going to come in again. They came in a few weeks ago. We talked on that occasion a lot more about things like points for away games and everything. Um, and I know that's still a you know, an issue that matters to people because at Spurs yesterday, there were loads of people there who looked like they'd never been to a match before in the City away end. So that was a big talking point. But the next time City Matters come in, whilst we might touch on that, I'm going to talk a lot more to them about issues that matter to you as a match-going fan at the Etihad. Um, so whether that's parking, whether it's transport, whether it be the food and drink, whatever it might be, we'll, we'll focus a lot more on that. So, But for next week... Don't hesitate to, to bring some questions in. Can we send you questions for City Matters? Because I know I've got a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that as well, absolutely. Now, to finish this podcast off, um, because we've got David here, um, I, 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 I suppose this is a bit of a sort of a reminisce now. We could go in any direction here. But, you know, when you look back to your, your playing days and you look at City as they are now, you know, do you do you wish you were playing? Do you miss it? Do you are you satisfied with with what you achieved? Because you did achieve a lot of city, didn't you? I know you're very modest. <laughs> um, I I'd, I'd obviously love to. I mean, quite often people say to me, "Oh, you you you'd get in this team," and 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 that's lovely if people if people want to think that that's that's great. And 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 I suppose what what I always say is, um, I I know as an individual I would massively benefit probably more than many others for for all the better things that are in the game now so simply like we better training facilities i mean we we used to i used to run on the road to platte lane every day and i ended up at 30 years of age with arthritis in my right ankle and i I genuinely think if i didn't do do that every day i'll probably i played every single game you know uh, um a fitness test for me was literally Peter Reid saying, "How do you feel?" And I'd go, "Yeah," you know, and that that was literally it. No, you know, you, you play none of this monitoring. So I know it sounds awful because I'd have hated to do it. But you, you'd have benefited from a, a rest every now and again. You know, dietary things, um, 
and psychology, psychology would have been enormous, massive to me in terms of my career. So I, I know that I'd have benefited greatly. So you, you'd you'd be getting a much better version of David White than than you got back then, and therefore, so I might have had a chance. So, so they, they might they might be right. But um, the 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 era was what it was. I, I would I would have really struggled with all the social media intrusions. That that would have absolutely I'd have found that incredibly difficult. But I suppose they also there's a lot of training, you know, and 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 uh, education goes on around that as in terms of how to, how to cope and manage with that. So, um, there, we had some great times, and, and um, you and I spoke before, and, and I'm proud to, yeah, I'm proud to uh, to I think I'm I'm pretty sure I'm the last person that's ever scored a tenth goal in English football, and that was thirty three years ago. Um, I'm you know pr I'm proud to have. Scored City's first ever Premier League goal. I'm, you know, so there's there's loads of things that um, I'm, you know, really proud about what happened, and 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 it was there were some great times, and and there were some times where, and you know, we've again, you and I have spoke where I, f I found it really, really difficult mentally at times. I found it really tough. Um, so um, the the club, we, we we need to. Enjoy what we've got now. It, it, it's it is absolutely incredible. They, they've done fantastic things with the club and the stadium and, and the, the the training facilities. And, and uh, football is something to be proud of. And 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 the, fo the the football club and our contribution during this this period at Manchester City and the the, the global city clubs is is something to be to be very very proud of. And 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 it's great to. That I am still in a small way associated with that and and, and connected with that. So um, it's uh, I'd, my book. You know, when I wrote my book, it was shades of blue, and that's what you know. It was it was all about the the ups and downs in my life, but the the different shades of blue, the different shades of of Manchester City, and there's been uh, an, in, an incredible amount of versions, and 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 but this is the best one by far. Well, all I can say is a big thank you for you to give up your time tonight. I should explain that the the chap that David is referring to is an interview that we did before we recorded the podcast for Tameside Radio. I do a chat show on Tameside Radio, uh, which you can listen to online uh, by searching Tameside Radio. If you're in the area, you can listen on 103.6 FM or on DAB. And we, David and I, recorded uh, an hour-long programme, which will go out on one of the Saturdays I present every Saturday between one and two coming up in the next few weeks I'm not sure which one yet and the same interview if you don't get to listen to it when it goes out will be one of our Forever Blue podcasts during the summer in the off season so you will get to, to listen to that uh, at some stage it was a great interview Dave uh, you've given up a lot of your time tonight to come down here be part of the podcast and to do that as well no so worries. I thank you Never very much it, for mate. doing that you have an open invitation um, to do this whenever you want, basically, and you'll be very, very welcome to do that and hope people have enjoyed. Is it always going to be this hot? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's because I speak a lot of hot air. Uh, no, we're in a little studio here, which at the moment all the windows are shut. So, yeah, it's been a bit stuffy. But we've got through it. 
Thanks very much to Tony and to Emily and to Will, who some of this might appear on, uh, on YouTube as a result of Will's uh, Steven Spielberg-esque filming. <laughs> uh, but thanks most of all to David White. No problem. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. CharlesLouis.co.uk, our sponsors on the podcast. Thanks very much to them as well. Without them, there might not be a podcast because uh, how do we do it without a little bit of backing from somebody? And thanks very much to Tameside Radio as well. Uh, we'll be back to do the next podcast. When I say we, I'm not quite sure who it will be with me, but there will be three people sitting at the other side of the microphone and we'll be recording it next Monday. Uh, which is the evening after the West Ham game, which is on the Sunday. So uh, look out for that and uh, keep retweeting and sharing and everything. And thanks for, for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.